We're not continuing in First Corinthians tonight, as we have first Sunday of the month, and so I'll be preaching this this one. And there's ten more preachers that have been ministering the word, and maybe more, in the evening services to follow. So let's be encouraging to them by coming along and supporting them. And um, I've got a sneaking suspicion that those that stay home are watching television and not church. What if we all split up and go out to the houses? No, <laughs> don't do that, my wife says. <laughs> don't, don't even think that. <laughs> Erase. <laughs> because I know when we were away, we enjoyed being able to plug in and, t- and listen into the sermons and be encouraged. So I pray that you are, and I know that there are those, because I know that they do, because they make comments about what was in the sermon. So I know that they, they do listen in. Praise the Lord. Abundance. The abundance of things. And uh, looking up the dictionary, the Bible dictionary on this, it's thick, fat, full-grown, rich, exceeding in measure, above the ordinary, overflowing, excellence, greatness, beyond measure. And there's other, there's about, there's, there's many more words in the Bible dictionary that explains or expands on the word abundance and it's not just one Greek word there's many different ones that are used in the different portions we'll be looking at tonight and other portions we're not looking at and so <clears throat> the abundances of God toward us you think of that you think of creation <laughs> the abundance of things now, have you ever seen abundance in creation as God did his handy yes all those abundant floods. <laughs> yeah, just... I mean, when he, when he rained in Noah's day, that was uh, more than abundant, covered the world. But, it, you know, you, you get little, a little, little seed and, and it produces a whole lot of seeds. You get a sweet corn and it has a whole sweet corn. <laughs> I mean, a whole cob that you have. And you, and you think of the abundance around the world. I heard that they're just going to put out in Western Australia and starting and going all over Australia as experiments over there, these traps. Uh, they're not a trap, but they're a, a thing where the cats, the cats are just running by the millions over Australia and they're ki- killing millions of animals every day. Birds, lizards, sna- snakes, frogs. They can go for the snakes. <laughs> but they're just killing the wildlife off and they aren't trying to stop them. So they've got this thing that when a cat walks past, it spits something at it and it licks its fur and it's poison and so they're going to try killing the cats that way because they've tried dropping it from plane stuff and, and <clears throat> but the, you think of the abundance there must be a lot of animals being born and bred and raised in Australia little, little critters and creatures for the cats to be putting so many down and they're still around that they're still around and <clears throat> the abundance of God when, when he created the world, we had this debate in Bible College, you know, when he created the world, did he create one beehive and a little, a little bit of bush somewhere or a little bit of with all the, the, the plants in it? No, he did it worldwide. And he did it big time all over. And when a, seed, a, a tree seeds, it seeds thousands of little seeds in abundance so that it can grow the next generation. God is the the person, the individual, the being of abundance. Look at the skies. What does the Lord say about that? (laughs) 
you know, in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. And there's so many galaxies. We can't number the galaxies. Let the trillions of stars within the galaxies. That's abundance, isn't it? That's just, you say, that's overdoing it? No, that's how powerful God is. But when it comes down to us, he's shown that abundance in other ways to Christians. In first, Second Corinthians 12, 9, it says that he said unto me, my grace is sufficient. It's abundant for thee. We'll be looking at it later where it mentioned, mentions it is abundant. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. We think a strong man, a, a loud preacher, a, a tough evangelist or whatever is the way. Well, the Lord says otherwise. And like he, he took Stephen from being in a profitable ministry down to a place and met the Ethiopian eunuch there. And you say, that's just one. Yeah, but what happened when Ethiopian went home and started churches? So what do we count as abundant in our lives? <clears throat> abundant money. Abundant health till you get about 55, 60. <laughs> and then things, things come in that... Who hasn't been to the doctor for the last 10 years? Anyone here that hadn't been to a doctor for 10 years? Oh, I thought there might have been one. Remember those days when the things weren't around like that and you didn't go to the doctor? But um, we sometimes take health for granted and when things start going wrong, and you say, something's wrong here, you, you sense that. Abundant possessions. Abundant possessions. We, we've got so many things that we can't fit them in the house. Well, that's, <laughs> that's going too far, isn't it? It just, why have them? What are they, are they, are they being useful? When did you last use that item you look at for the last 10 years? You haven't used it? it uh, did these make us to be somebody? No. Abundant money. And that's a big thing. We mentioned that a bit this morning. Abundant money. Abundant work, I think there's that around these days for people that win and put their hand to the plough. We should be looking at what God gives us in abundance. Well, Psalm, uh, Isaiah it is, Isaiah 55 verse 7. <clears throat> he abundantly pardons. Who has ever sat down and counted up their sins? And none of us could do that because we wouldn't, some of them are sins of ignorance. Uh, some are deliberate sins, but they're so abundant. But God abundantly pardons. In Isaiah 55, verse 7, Let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, for he, <coughs> he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. That means excess pardon. <laughs> When a person is pardoned by the government, they're free to go. And we as Christians, when we're pardoned by the Lord of all our sins, are free to live life. So count that he's abundantly pardoned you if you've confessed your sin and trusted him as your saviour. In Hebrews 7 and verse 25, it says, Wherefore he is able also to save them, to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. And so in this abundant pardon, there he's there then to intercede for those in heaven. And I'm sure you've thought, like I've thought, you know, I'm praying to the Lord, you're praying to the Lord, every other Christian's praying to the Lord every day. 
And when we say he hears us personally, does he? He does. <laughs> That's God. That he, he can discern and decipher that. Man is getting technologies that can pick up things so quickly and uh, they can face recognize. You know, if you live in China, you might be down on everybody's faces knowing. You know where they know where you're going and they can click a button and be near here. That's what man can do. What can God do as far as his knowledge of us and his forgiveness of our sins? No matter how the depth, how deep the depth of wickedness is, he pardons them to the uttermost. And <clears throat> I, I recall the testimony of Willie Mullen, and I think it's you can look it up on the internet somewhere. And. Uh, <clears throat> He's sharing that. Uh, he was the 18th child in a family. He was running wild, uh, really running amok <laughs> with the wicked people. Then he got saved. And then the Lord used him to preach. The Lord takes that sort of person <laughs> and uses them for his glory in his work to reach multitudes of people in his lifetime. And how <clears throat> the Lord can forgive abundantly. He, he pardons abundantly. Um, how can this happen? Well, First Peter 3.18 says, For Christ hath once suffered for sins, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but justified in the Spirit. Quickened by the Spirit, it says there, and brought to life, that he might abundantly pardon. This is the way it happens, through his blood through his sacrifice the second abundance is first peter chapter 1 and verse 3 there's more than what we're looking at tonight but you can check them out blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who according to his abundant mercy what did we just read abundant mercy, mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead his abundant mercy we say, well, I'm not so bad. My sins aren't so bad. He hadn't had to show me much mercy. You know, when we say that, we're displaying our ignorance of how sin is so offensive to God and how holy and righteous he is and what he does and thinks of sin. But his mercy he gives us those things which we don't deserve, doesn't he? And he shows that toward us. And it is abundant mercy. It's an overflowing mercy. As we looked at the word, it's thick, it's fat, it's full growing toward us. His abundant mercy day unto day. And you think of God's mercy and letting the world keep going like it is. We know how much is going on. Or what we know, but what about what we don't know that's happening? God, in his mercy, sends the rain on the just and the unjust. He keeps revolving, you know, the, the, the sun rises in the morning and sets. Well, the world rotates and we know it rises and sets. Day unto day, he shows his mercy toward mankind. But one day, as he's prophesied, well, that's it. There's no more mercy. It's judgment time. And uh, man will not believe what he will do. They don't now, and they'll hardly when he does do it. You can't do that. Yes, he can. He has every right to do what he does in judgment. In the book of Titus 3, in verses 5 and 6, we read this. 
Titus 3, 5. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. Did he find anything good in us? That he might think, well, that person needs coming, you know, deserves mercy, my mercy in coming to heaven. No, but by his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, which is said, shed on us abundantly, abundantly his mercy through Jesus Christ our Saviour. Now when you think of the law in the Old Testament, it was cut and dry, black and white, and thou shalt not, thou shalt and thou shalt not. But here in the New Testament we have the abundant mercy of God continually being expressed. And notice that his day of mercy and grace has gone longer than any other generation, any other dispensation we could say. How long was the, the first big dispensation, the period of time where God allowed the world to go on until it got so rotten so sinful that he had to do something. 1656 years and from, from, create, from after Adam's sin to the, to the flood. And then the time of law and the time of promise and other dispensations. But we come to the day of grace and mercy that he's bestowed upon us. It is great. It is the longest period. It'll be longer than the millennium. Well, it's going to definitely be longer than the millennium. It's been two millenniums in 2029 since this grace has been bestowed from God above. Um, <clears throat> First Timothy, the next verse, chapter one, verse twelve. Again, it goes along with mercy and grace. It says, "And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me in that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer." And a persecutor, and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant. He adds that <laughs> explanation before exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. When Paul got saved and thought of what he'd been doing, what he'd done to Christians, what he'd done to women, men, and children. He could look back and say, the grace of the Lord. I, I don't deserve it. But he, he, he spoke to me on that road and saved my soul from committing more murders that he'd have to pay for in hell forever if he didn't get saved. So he's able to forgive abundantly, isn't he? As he did Paul. John 10.10, 10, we know that's the Lord promising that we have eternal life. And in John 10.10, 10, he said, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life. And what's the rest of it? That they might have it more abundantly. You know, a lot of Christians are living not in abundant life, but under a cloud of disobedience and disbelief. God doesn't want us to abide there. He wants to live, us to live our lives more abundantly. We're not like unsaved people. We've been saved. We have a different destiny. We ought to be rejoicing in the Lord. Even though the problems be large, the situation's tough, we have the hope in the Lord of abundant life and we can live it more abundantly. And into the future, it doesn't stop, does it? It only improves forever abundant life 
as he said. Second Peter chapter two or chapter one verse four reads, "By which are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, abundant life, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world." We we, we grow in the Lord and we think like the Lord we want to please the Lord we want to walk in his way in his footsteps <clears throat> in chapter um, 1 verse 11 in First Peter the second Peter says for so an entrance shall be ministered unto, unto you and this goes along with the concluding verse of this morning's message which we probably conclude with this evening for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Saviour. It won't be a sneak in heaven quietly. <laughs> it will be an abundant entrance into heaven. Think of that. Because we have abundant life in him. The abundant blessings of the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8 and down and particularly verse 12. This is Second Corinthians 9 verse 8 says, God is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound in every good work in this new life we have in this abundant life we have we abound in his work as it is written he hath dispersed abroad he hath given to the poor his righteousness remaineth forever now he that ministereth seed to the sower both ministereth bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and I, I like to think that as the Lord has used you and others, other Christians, to sow the seed that he would bring it uh, an abundant harvest. I think the, the farmer is never happier than when he's got the, the harvester out. Harvester, I'm going to say the combine, that's when you sow it. The harvester out and he's reaping the harvest. I'm looking at Brother Dunn here, he's grinning. <laughs> and uh, most of the headers. If you sit in with the seat or the dicky seat next to it and you can look in the little window behind and you see there's a glass thing where the, the grain is filling up in the bin behind you. And um, <clears throat> the faster that rises, the bigger the smile, <laughs> the happier the, the individual. Or it actually weighs them down. You've got so many tonnes, you've got eight tonnes, you've got to unload on the bigger ones and into the field bin or chase a, chase a man. And the abundant harvest. I was talking to my nephew two weeks ago when I stayed down there, and he'd been over to the Air Peninsula, is it, and harvesting for his brother-in-law over there. And he said, where the cliff goes down to the sea, he's right on the sea. The farm is, and it gets the moisture coming up all the time, and just just in the first part of it, where it gets that moisture all day, all night. And, and they can't start harvesting to 10 o'clock even in the summer because of the moisture. But he said, there's 10 tonne an acre. He couldn't believe it. I said, no. I said, he said, I was measuring it. You know, you go an acre and you have to, before an acre you had to unload. And that, that's thick, isn't it? Brother Dunn, that's really thick. He said, yeah, it was slower than walking <laughs> to, get, to get it, the harvesters through there. But God has given these blessings in abundance to us. As we sow, we will reap. And imagine as you get to heaven and you see the abundant harvest. I, I keep praying for that. <laughs> I, I pray for the abundant harvest in Israel all, almost every day because that's the, the Western world is, 
you know, shut off. Good to have Brother Naya here and uh, share the abundance of blessings that are happening in India and people coming to the Lord just like in, all the time. And, and just like you just expect it to happen. <clears throat> and some of us are old enough to know that when we went to camp and we went, had special meetings before in 50 years ago, there was abundance. Who can remember that every night we had Glen Weeks sometimes for a whole week? I can't imagine doing that now because the, the congregation would be so small you'd be ashamed. That's what it's gotten to. Thankful for the faithful folk. But there were, and, and people would respond to the gospel. People would just respond. And you say praise the Lord for the harvest and how it works. Praise the Lord for a future harvest and let's continue to pray for it. The Lord will not, our prayers will not fall to the ground. In the future, there is going to be an abundant harvest. If you don't believe me, as I keep saying, just read Revelation chapter 7 over and over again and you see it. John, where are these from? <laughs> He's like, how did they all get saved? Because they weren't, it wasn't happening in the early church. It did happen in the early church, much better than it does now. But as the, as the church grew for what, fast in Jerusalem and spread, then things did slow down. Abundant blessings in new life in Christ. <clears throat> Abundant life. Ephesians 3.20 reads, Now unto him who was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. You know, when we pray, we pray in human terms, don't we? We think small because <laughs> we are small but we've got a God that's big we've got a God that can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think is it possible for God to do some things and change people yes there is it is that's what the Bible says take that one Ephesians 3 20 write that one down exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us as Christians. He gives abundant honour upon the comely parts. Um, <clears throat> this is found in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He gives abundant honour on the... What's a comely part? Ordinary. Common. Non-important. Now let's read the verses that have to do with this in first corinthians chapter 12 and verse 23 it says there and those members of the body which we think are to be less honorable do away with your liver what happens to you, you die. amy <laughs> you die do away with the kidney yeah and the uncomely parts you don't want to really liver pumping on the outside do you it just doesn't look nice <laughs> But the Lord's wrapped us in skin and given us a smiley face and some hair and things like that and made us look comely. But the uncomely parts. And what is the Lord talking about here? He's talking about people in the church <clears throat> that others in the church may think, oh, they're just common folks. They're not, they're, they're, you know, their intelligence is lacking. <laughs> That's the one that God will choose to use above the more comely ones. <laughs> the uncomely ones. And he, he says that as we read on in this, these verses, chapter 12, 23. 
we bestow more abundant honour. We, we give it more attention, the uncomely past, to make it more comely, that our uncomely past may be a more, uh, have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together and hath given more abundant honour to the part which lacked. You see, the person that is in that situation, God bestows more grace and mercy and help to the uncomely that aren't necessarily gifted, and he, he opens up doors of opportunity to people who are that way. We think the other way. It's only the, you know, the, the bright and intelligent and important that God... Ah, no. <laughs> they are often full of themselves and pride, whereas the uncomely one individuals know they haven't got it, but God uses them as they humble themselves. Let's humble ourselves before the Lord. He has abundant peace. Jeremiah 33, 6 says, Behold, I will bring it health and cure. I will cure them. I will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. And in chapter 31, it talks about the new covenant. In chapter 33, and verse 6, it says, He will reveal unto them abundance of peace. <laughs> Think of Israel. Is there much peace in Israel? We say pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Is there much peace there? Is there peace there now? Has there been peace there for 2,000 years? No. God will give them abundant peace one day and it will be wonderful. God gives the Christian abundant peace. Isaiah 26.3 That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee the abundance of peace that God gives in the times of trial you think and read of people that have been through <coughs> burning at the stake or something like that that God gives them grace and peace in that hour it, it's hard to imagine but God does the Lord said in Philippians 4, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God will keep you, keep you on track, keep you stable, keep you going straight. He has abundant peace. And we can receive abundant joy. He gives us abundant joy in Philippians chapter 1, verse 26. This word used here, and your rejoicing may be more abundant in, Christ, in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. Now, that's talking about a particular occasion, Paul going to visit with them, and that their rejoicing may be more abundant. It is good when you meet brethren from a long time ago and they're still walking with the Lord, and Paul and the Philippians were doing that and they could rejoice more abundantly in Christ Jesus. It's good to hear good news from a far country, as it says in Scripture. So he gives us abundant joy. Not all is lost. <laughs> People mightn't be interested in the Lord and the gospel and the church today, but not all is lost. <laughs> he, his, he is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And one day it'll be all together and we'll be all together in heaven. <clears throat> Second Corinthians and chapter 4, Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 15 says this, For all things, 
For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God, the abundant grace of the Lord. We mentioned it to start, we mentioned it almost in the closing. Romans 5.17, For if by one man's offence death reigned by one, by Adam and his sin, much more they who receive abundance of grace. God's grace has been abundantly bestowed upon us. Overflowing grace. And when we arrive in heaven, we'll fully appreciate the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ, even now reigning. So his abundant grace. Lastly, he gives us an abundant entrance. And I said we'd finish with what we finished with this morning. Into everlasting, the everlasting kingdom. And this is, this is found in Second Peter. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 11. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. An abundant entrance. And as we said this morning, when God says an abundant entrance into heaven's glory, I don't think, I, I've got a sense that it's not when we die and go there that it will be good. But on the judgment day of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, on the Bema Seat judgment, and then he welcomes the saints as they come in. <clears throat> Got a book here, bought 12 years ago. 50 people that every Christian should know. This is the New Testament. As we did and covered the Old Testament saints on prayer meeting. But I went to the heading here because I couldn't read all the book. I read, I, the trouble is I start reading and can't put it down <laughs> on the stories of the, the, 50, the 50 that they've got down here. And they haven't got them all. I can think of others. And um, you think of people, you, you know their names from church history. Uh, Jonathan Edwards. He said, oh, I have to scratch. You know, don't worry if you don't remember what he did, but involved in the Great Awakening. A Great Awakening. Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God is a famous sermon that he preached in 1741 on the 8th of July. Missionary to India. George Whitfield. Used by God to cause a great awakening in, the, in America. These people that God used, as they come into heaven's glory, the announcements made over the loudspeaker, no, God can say it and everyone can hear it. Enter George Whitfield. Or he might say, enter man that caused a great awakening in the West. And here comes George Whitfield, humbly before the Lord. What a, what a day it'll be. Andrew Boner, he's, there's a few here. Robert Murray McShane, McShaney, I think they say. Um, <clears throat> he pastored a Baptist church for 33 years, wrote, wrote 50 books. <laughs> His pen wasn't put down if you did that and pastoring as well in his life. Um, <clears throat> Charles Ryle, not Ryrie, a writer, a pastor, an evangelist. Well, you'll know this one. Enter 
famous songwriter. <laughs> you probably think of a few of them. And in walks... Who? Who could you say? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Say? I'm trying to think. You're trying to think, okay. I've got the book in front of me, see, so <laughs> I can cheat. I've got a cheat sheet. <laughs> Fanny Crosby. <laughs> Sankey. Yeah, the, the, the people that put scripture to song, the people that in Ephesians said, you know, singing and making a joy, joyful noise in your... singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And I can't get that one. It won't come. <laughs> but they helped... And they wrote spiritual truth into song and poetry that we can remember. And it kept saints rejoicing in times of trouble, in times of blessing, the, the songs of the, the saints that God has used. And they fulfilled their purpose on, on earth. That's why they were here, to do that. And, and we need to do that. Fanny Crosby, the blind songwriter. Lightfoot. Uh, maybe you can get this one. This announcement made... Enter, I won't say his name, <laughs> you open China up to the gospel. Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor, enter. Hundreds of thousands of people. And I'm sure an abundant entrance is this is the. What about us? What about <clears throat> enter the prince of preachers? Spurgeon. And people all over the congregation in heaven, look, <laughs> I remember when I got saved. I remember the sermon. I remember all that he said that day. You see, our memory would be much better then. And so <clears throat> we could go on and on. It just covered a, one page of the few of them there that mention about. We might cover some more on prayer meeting, but the abundant entrance that the Lord will give to those that love and trust in him, those that are faithful, those that are, as it were, nobodies, they're comely parts, but they're prayer warriors for the Lord. They pray on behalf of many people, though they're never known. They will be known in that day because they fulfilled the purpose for being on planet Earth. They got saved and they, they started serving. You know, enter faithful. The, the word faithful will be used a lot of a lot of people. Enter martyr. You know, in the Old Testament, first martyr. Enter Abel, who believed in blood sacrifice, as we covered that on Wednesday night. God will abundantly bless. And you, he, he, he ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Saviour. And as I said, when the saints go marching in, <laughs> when the saints go marching in, and nobody come with, to me with that song, where is it from? I can't find it, it's not in our hymn book. Maybe an ego spiritual. I don't know. <laughs> I might be saying. Say? <laughs> is it? Okay. So is, but when the saints come marching into heaven, what a, what a day it will be. Let's pray. I think it's an African spiritual song. Okay. Let's pray. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, that you have abundantly bestowed upon us blessings in life, in food, in fellowship. In saints around the world, there's millions of saints. Thank you for the abundant blessings you've given people to be able to write books and encouragement. Thank you for this, the evangelists and the preachers that have been faithful and preach powerful message and are used by, that are used by God. Lord, thank you for the abundance of the food we have every day. 
and the water <laughs> that you supply us with. And I pray, Lord, and look forward to the day when you'll give us an abundant entrance into heaven, into the glories of that wonderful place, and welcome us home to be with you forever. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Guide and bless us this week, and may our minds be thinking about all your blessings and abundances in our lives as we go our way. In Jesus' name, amen.